Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I, I don't even think that's a, a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back on a loaded Thursday, December 2nd. Huge show today. Ton to talk about. This is The Issue. It is Luke and Tim. Guys, thanks for listening. Great to have you in on the show today. Ton of stuff to get to. Yeah. Absolute crazy week in sports. <sighs> crazy week coming up, too. You've got the conference championships and college football coming up. Um... NFL, uh, I haven't even looked at the matchups for next week. I, I, I took a, gan- a glance, right? Took a gander down that road. Exactly. Looked like some decent matchups, but last week was kind of crazy. I mean, I think the matchup we're all set for this week is the Alabama-Georgia game. I know there will be nothing else going on in my life at the time of that kickoff. That's going to be crazy. Um, That's going to be crazy. I, I will be watching that game. But, yeah, this past week crazy in college football a lot of movement a lot of different stuff that we're seeing with coaching now becoming a big discussion we will get to that later uh but we're going to start out with our usual hits and misses like we always do get into where we were right where we were wrong in the week yeah and i think it builds credibility when you're able to say hey look you know this is where we hit you know we we, we were right on this take you know take our little pat on the back right but also, you got to take your lumps too. You got to say, you know what? Hey, we missed on this. Yeah, at the same time, because it, it also helps you learn, helps us learn, right? To be better, we go, oh, we missed on that. Why we miss on that? Right. Yeah. Um, so, without further ado, let's kind of hop right into it here. Hits and misses, week twelve of the NFL. Let's go. All right. So let's start with a hit here. Let's go with Dallas. Now they lost, and so that brings them to what seven and four. Um, so let me let's look at our predictions here. I believe we had them somewhere around middle of the pack. Okay, so we had them at nine and eight. Now I do think they are going to be a little bit better than nine and eight, and and we were on the hype train for a second with them, thinking, oh, you know, they have a lot of offensive pieces. The defense is actually playing really well, and I do think they're an improved team from last year, and I think that they'll probably win their division, as opposed to us. We were stupid and had them in, and in third. That's where we were wrong. But I'm going to talk about where we we're right here. I think they're more middle of the pack than they are ahead of the pack. Um, you you see them play these average teams right against. I would say I would say Las Vegas, the Raiders, they're they're pretty average. And it was a really good game. 36-33 down to the wire. That's kind of in the class that Dallas is in. Now I think they're towards the top of that class. I think they're maybe the ninth to tenth best team in the league. Yep. But I I, I think we could stop sitting here and being like, oh, they're they're a Super Bowl contender, because I'm not sure they are right now. I, I don't trust Dak enough to make 
really big throws consistently. Now, I do think he's a top 10 quarterback. We'll get to that later in the episode. Um, but I, I don't think I can sit here and rely on him and be like, yep, I, I think Dak's going to be a Super Bowl quarterback, at least a Super Bowl favorite quarterback at this point. Now, they could go on a run. Um, I don't think Zeke is the best option in the backfield right now for him. The injuries on the outside are mounting. Their offensive line, who knows if Tyron Smith is, health, is healthy, then they're okay. If not, then I, I don't like their offensive line. The defense is hit and miss. They just gave up 36 to Derek Carr, who we can all agree is good, but not that good. Um, so I, I think we're uh, we're closer to being right with Dallas at nine and eight than I think maybe some people having them at like thirteen and what four now. Yeah, and I think we've always been more honest on Dallas than everybody else. Everybody else likes to cater to Dallas. It's the big brand. It's the easy thing to do uh, to back the big brand. We've always kind of been a show that's not gone against Dallas, but just been extremely realistic with Dallas. You know, we were the, probably the last show that I can think of to call Dak a top 10 quarterback, but you know what? In in the scope of things, it's taken him this long. Um, I don't think he's the problem. I think he, they've had glaring issues with their secondary on their defense over the past two to three years. Those things don't get solved overnight. I think they're going to be a great... I think they will be a Super Bowl tender in the next two to three years. This year, like you were... It's a question mark. Could they get in and be a dark horse candidate? Absolutely. Long shot odds are crazy. Yeah. But realistically, I think Dallas is set to win in two to three years. I think Dak will be the guy to do it, but I think he needs some more pieces, some more help around him first. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think this team could definitely win their division, and I think they could have a very competitive playoff game, and who knows what happens in the playoffs, especially when they're able to host. I think they could even win a playoff game this year. But to sit here and say that they're Super Bowl favorites, I just don't buy that right now, and I do think they will get better as as you know like you said in the next two to three years they have a lot of young talent mm-hmm. Micah Parsons is an animal uh, I don't like Trayvon Diggs as much as some people but I do think he's a big play corner you you need big turnovers right um, they do generate a pass rush they got good young guys on the outside that are going to be returning for the next couple years so I do think they are built to win uh, but maybe not just this year yet right, let's go to the miss let's go to Seattle oh god they just, by the week, get worse. They're now to 3-8. and eight. This is more of a miss on me. Russ does not look like a top-10 quarterback. In fact, we don't have him in our top-10, spoiler alert. Uh, he's been on and off the field with injuries. Uh, when he's been on the field the past three times he's actually played, I'm not sure that he's a top-20 quarterback right now. Um, now, some of that might be because I still think he's a little bit hurt. I'm not sure his finger, um, I, I think it was his finger, is 100% back yet. So it... I don't think they do anything well outside of him either. So if he's not playing like an elite quarterback, which he's not, then they're not a good football team. I think that's it's plain and simple. Yeah. All right, let's go with another hit. Let's go with Lamar Jackson. So this is a double-faceted hit, and it's on two polar ends of the spectrum here. So I said, coming into the league, I don't think Lamar is ever going to be an elite passer. Like, if you just strictly look at the quarterback position, not playmaking, just quarterback position, I'm not sure he's ever going to be an elite thrower of the football. Now, he has gotten better year by year. You can see the progress. He's gotten better throwing down the field, outside the numbers, 100%. I think he's a top 15 passer. I will say that. But I've always said he's not an elite passer. Well, what do you know? He goes out on Monday Night Football against a fairly banged-up Cleveland Brown team and has four picks. So that's kind of backs me up there. But then I will, on the flip side of this, say that Lamar wins 80% of his games. That's That's part of the reason I like him. It's part of the reason he's in our top 10 list and very high on the list. Because he wins 80% of his football games. Yeah. And with four picks, he still finds a way, when it counts, to drive them down the football field and score points and win the game. So he's able to beat Baker, who has a far, like a, a more talented roster by far. Mm-hmm. 
He throws four picks, plays awful all game, and still wins the football game. So that's part of the reason I like Lamar. So I said, come in, I said, I really like him. I like his his leadership. I like his ability to win football games about a year, you know, into year two. I said, you know what? He wins. I don't like it, but he wins. Yeah. But I do, I, I have said that he's not an elite passer. He showed both of those traits uh, on Monday night. All right, let's go to the Mist. Let's go to the Steelers. Oh, God. Um, so we did kind of predict they wouldn't be that good in our predictions. Like we said, what, 8-9, and nine, right? 9-8? Nine and eight? Uh, Yeah, I think we said 9-8. and eight. Let me check. So, and then they go out and beat the Bills week one. And I say, oh, okay, I think this team could make the playoffs. I think today, this morning, I, I'm not sure that they beat a lot of teams in the league. I think they maybe beat the Jets. I think they probably beat Houston. Oof. I think they could probably beat the Jags. We have a 10-7, and seven, don't yeah. we? Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so they could beat the Jets. So that's a miss right there. That's that's just blatantly wrong. 10-7, yeah. and seven, there's no way. I think they could beat the Jets, the Jags, the Texans. I, I'm not sure who else they beat right now. I don't think you stop Jalen Hurts. And I like I don't think Philly, I think Philly's in that class of bottom-tier teams. I don't think you beat Philly. With Jalen Hurts, I think he runs all over you. Oh, my. We'll get to the Steelers um, more at the end of this segment. Like, like who who would they beat right now? Well, actually, we'll talk about that next time. Let, let's just say the miss here is we thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers could make the playoffs. They are, are absolutely horrendous. I think they're a bottom five team in the league right now as it stands. Um, they're a bad football team. Oh, yeah. Okay, how about let's go with a hit. Uh, Tennessee slash Tannehill. That's what I've written down right there. Tennessee slash Tannehill. As we said coming into the year, Tennessee is a very average, mediocre team. What do you know? They just got absolutely waxed by Mac Jones. With no, the Patriots have no explosive playmakers. They made Kendrick Bourne look like Antonio Brown on Sunday. Mac Jones looked. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. Mac Jones looked like prime Tom Brady, not just Tom Brady, not young Tom Brady. Not oh, did they look similar through 12 games? No, no, no. Tennessee played so poorly. That Mac Jones looked like prime Tom Brady. If he would have been wearing a 12 Brady jersey. You would have no idea that it wasn't Brady. Um, I, I've said this before. Tannehill cannot pull a franchise. He needs Derrick Henry. He needs a an absurdly good running game. And what do you know? Without a really, really good running back, knowing that he is forced to drop back over 25 times a game and make a lot of good throws, oh, what do you know? Since uh, he's been out, he's got, like, I don't know, I think, like, seven picks and, like, five touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, that's not a good look for Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. We kind of called that. Um, all right, let's go with misses. Let's go with Cincinnati. We had him at, what, like, 4-13, and 13, maybe 5-12? and 12. Ooh, they're a good football team. They are. They're good. So I, I didn't think their offensive line was as good as they are. That was the glaring issue, and that was the reservations that we've always had for and, the Bengals. And they didn't even draft offensive line, and they definitely got better. They did sign a free agent. I don't remember his name right now. They did make a couple upgrades, right? I didn't expect them to be this good. They are just running over teams. And their weapons have oh, proven yeah, I, to be like— I knew that their weapons I think I don't think that was ever a question, especially I mean, when they draft Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins. You get Tyler Boyd in there. like Right, but they have never really shown that they were like elite until this year. Tyler Boyd has always been a very good, reliable receiver, but until this year, it's like, wow, yeah, where did he come out of? T. Higgins coming out in his second year really popping. Yeah. Jamar Chase is an animal. Um, I, I just didn't expect their offensive line to be that good. They're just running over teams. Yeah. They're just road-grading teams. Um, I know the Steelers are banged up, but they just made the Steelers look small. They just ran right over them. Right over them, right through them. It played wasn't way close. more physical, by the way. Yeah, Joe Mixon played a really good football game. 
Um, Joe Burrow's doing enough to win. I don't think he's necessarily elite yet, but he's playing good football. I'd say he's top 12 to 15, right? And we've always liked Burrow. It's just been the team yeah. of Cincinnati that, yeah. that we've you I think know, had our doubts about. I think he's developing really nicely as a second-year quarterback. Oh, yeah. All right, well, let's go with the uh, another hit here in our last hit of the segment. Let's go with the MLB lockout. Um we we kind of knew this was happening. Yeah, we kind of called I, it. Like, I, yeah, really, I don't know if I actually said this on air, but about two months ago, I trust think you me did. here. I think I might have. Doesn't matter. Um, there's there's some pretty major CBA issues. I'm not sure. They're, I think they're kind of like mulling over. You know the the pandemic still. They're they're saying, well, w- what are the seasons looking like going forward? What if this happens again? Yada yada yada. They're getting hung up on a lot of what ifs, and then for. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Rob Manfred to come out and put that letter out, just putting it all on the MLBPA. There's plenty of MLB players saying, yep, they'll do anything to, to make the players look bad. It, that's exactly what the MLB does. They did it in, 90, what, 94 when the last lockout was. They're doing it again. This is typical MLB. Um, a lockout was not needed. But here we are, lockout. So, you know, the MLB hot stove was heating up. Maybe we'll do a segment later, you know, just kind of updating you guys on all the big moves. Because there were a lot, like Corey Seager to Texas, Marcus Semien to Texas, all that, right? Um, so that's all on hold now. Uh, they have about two and a half months until spring training to figure that out. And uh, hopefully they do because, you know, I want to watch baseball. Right? Absolutely. I want yeah. to watch, watch baseball. I want to talk about baseball. So. And plus, can we please not deal with, like, it, okay, the lockout, it gives us plenty of stuff to talk about on here now. It does. But, I mean... Let's not delay our predictions for, for the MLB. It's like the predictions phase of any season is the best part. I, I love like like those weeks leading up to the NFL season, right before kickoff, everybody's still all excited about every single team. You go through, do the divisional predictions. We did the same thing for baseball last year. It was yeah. a good time. And we will again this year. Let's get baseball back on time. Let's get baseball back on time and... Uh... Fix it and listen to the players. How about that? For a change, maybe the MLB should listen to the players and like update a little bit with I the I think times. it's about time. I think it's about time. Um, I, I also think... I don't think Manfred... There's also stuff coming out about a scandal talking about how there were two different baseballs that were used throughout the season. Um, one being a more lively baseball like that you would use in a primetime game like that Field of Dreams game. Notice how there were like, I don't know, seven home runs in that game. Yeah. And then you go to like a midweek game between like the Rangers and the Mariners, it's and it was a, like one nothing. It's a regular old baseball. Yeah, so there, there's there's like some weird mounting evidence about that. We'll keep our eye on that, but uh, Manfred's seat, although like the owners are kind of on his side, and then they're the ones that decide who if he stays and goes, right? So I don't think he will, but there's some tension in the MLB right now, so we'll keep our eye on that. Oh, yeah. So that is it for our hits and misses week 12 going into week 13 of the NFL season. It's a good gauge for us. Um, okay, okay. I want to talk about something. Something I talk about a lot on this show. We went back, uh, you know, over over our our Instagram, looking at the little the little clips we put up, right? And I'm like, wow, I talk about him a lot. Well, he's interesting. I think right? you can guess him if you follow us on Instagram, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. And uh, this will probably be the last time that I really talk too in depth about him because I'm going to tell you exactly why. Because I, I let's just start it. So. I think the nail's been put in the coffin of Baker Mayfield and, and his whole contract argument. I, I, I can officially say I don't hear an argument for why you would pay him anything over, I, I don't know, like a, a very low-end quarterback to a backup salary. Anything over $15 million a year, I'm out. I'm not paying that for him. So I'm, I'm going to throw out three names that people are going to be baffled that I'm saying that are better or close to Baker Mayfield. 
So let's start with Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I would legitimately say that Baker is exactly Teddy, not quite Jimmy, but better than Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor slightly. So l- let me just read you some stats here. Just simple, simple. So let's start with, the, I think he's better than Tyrod. So we'll start there. We'll go, we'll go in a spectrum order, right? Better than Tyrod, about equal with Teddy, not quite as good as Jimmy. So let's start with Tyrod Taylor. For a whole career, Baker's 28-28 and 0. Tyrod is 26-24 and 1. So around the same amount of games played, roughly, right? Well, they com- the completion percentage is almost identical. Baker's 61.9. Tyrod's 61.5. Baker throws more touchdowns, but uh, Tyrod throws about half as half the amount of picks. Let's go to their quarterback rating. Oh, Baker's uh, 89.2. Oh, Tyrod's 88.8. So it's only four-tenths of a tick off. Huh, well, that's weird because Tyrod was with the rebuilding Bills and... The rebuilding oh, Cleveland Browns that, that were horrific. And the Chargers. And the Chargers, who he only got to play one game because he got a punctured lung. He's with the, the rebuilding Texans. I don't even know if you call them rebuilding. I think you could just say atrocious Texans. And, oh, oh, what do you know? He has almost identical stats to Baker Mayfield with significantly worse teams. Tyrod Taylor would kill for OBJ, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Austin Hooper. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, the best offensive line in the last decade in the NFL. Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, a clever offensive coach who won Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski. Tyrod Taylor would kill for that. But then you look at the stats and you go, oh wait, Tyrod Taylor with all worse people around him has about the same record, almost identical complete percentage, throws slightly less touchdowns, yes, throws way less picks, and has almost the identical quarterback rating. So, now, I do think Baker's a little bit better than Tyrod. I think he's got a better arm. I think he's a little bit more accurate. He's got a, plays with a little bit more, bit more edge as well. But I, I don't think the gap is this massive gap. I think they're maybe... I think Baker might win you one more game a year. Maybe, maybe one more game. Let's go to, let's go to Teddy Bridgewater, who I think they are almost the same exact quarterback. So, let's look here. Teddy Bridgewater's played four more games in his career. Like start, We're talking about starting games. Like I said, it's a starting quarterback, right? Well, what do you know here? Teddy is 32, 28, and 0. And Baker is 28, 28, and 0. So in four more games, Teddy's won all four more of those games. Um, Teddy completes 67% of his throws. Baker, 62. Uh, you know, Teddy throws, obviously, significantly less interceptions. Slightly less on the touchdowns. Oh, what do you know? His quarterback rating is actually a, a great deal higher. 91.2. Baker's is only 89.2. Two ticks higher. That, that, that's pretty solid. That's a pretty... Hefty amount large. Like, more, 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 better. I don't even know how to say it. Better. Yeah. Just statistically better. Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback. Show, show me where he's not. And that's after having to have complete reconstruction on his leg. Almost losing his leg. Playing with Minnesota when they had almost no talent. Devoid of talent. Adrian Peterson on the back end of his career. Stephon Diggs kind of coming into his prime a little bit. And nobody else. And then, he, and then he has to go back up Drew Brees and, and sneak four games in there. And, oh, what do you know? He wins three of them and looks pretty good. And now he's at Denver with a defensive coach. And, oh, what do you know? He goes and outduels Justin Herbert. And, oh, then he, what, what did Baker do against Justin Herbert? Oh, oh, he played quite horrendously and lost by, oh, I don't know, a lot. Um, 
So so let's see. And, and people want to rip Jimmy Garoppolo. He was just to a Super Bowl. I'll show you right here how much better he is than Baker. In Jimmy Garoppolo's, um, so just 2018 to 2020, because Baker obviously came to the league in 2018. Jimmy's played more, right? So, um, so Jimmy's 23 and 12. Baker's 28 and 28. So Jimmy's played less games, right? So he's got less touchdowns, obviously less interceptions. Here's the point that I want to hammer home. Jimmy completes 67% of his throws. Baker's 62. His pass rating is 99. Baker's is 89. 10 points higher. Went to a Super Bowl. Plays under control. Doesn't blame the medical staff. Doesn't call out parents, coaches, family. On national television. I'll tell you right now, even though Tyrod Taylor isn't quite as good, I would take all those guys over Baker. You want to know why? Because they're leaders. Tyrod, Teddy, Jimmy, right? They show up as professionals, answer questions, respect teammates, fans, medical staff, etc. Baker, I swear to God, he's a middle schooler. I swear to God, he's a middle school kid trapped in a, what, what is he, like 24 now? In a 24-year-old body, 25, 26, something around there, right? He's a middle schooler stuck in a 27-year-old body. We'll call him 27. Phil Jerkovic, who we'll have on the show here whenever he concludes the season at Boston College, right? We'll be able to talk to him. In high school, he was, what, 16, 17, maybe, right? Probably about, probably about 17. He started when he, he started starting at quarterback when he was 16. Yeah, okay, so I think it was actually his first year, so he'd have been 16 years old. Could barely drive a car, right? Could barely drive a car after a tough, tough playoff loss. Remember when he threw that pick to end it, right? Tough playoff loss. At Penn Trafford, yeah. At Penn Trafford, right? Tough game. In a very, very professional interview, goes, this is on me. This starts with me. This starts with me, me the coaching staff. This, this starts with all of us, but it starts with me. It's on all of us. It starts with me. Took ownership for the loss, put it on himself, grinded in the offseason, came back, won the state championship. Or no. Came very close. The following no, year. He? Yeah, didn't the he win the following state? year they won. Yeah, the following year he wins the state championship. Baker can't even can't even show up after a win against Detroit at home. You can't even show up and answer questions. Yes, a win. He can't show up after a win in the National Football League to answer questions. Instead, he goes to social media and blames this. And, and then when he finally comes to the podium on like a Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, he goes, oh, you know, those are the same fans that are bleep, 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 bleep. You had to bleep it out because he's such a childish human being that he feels the need to go up there and swear at the fans. At the fans. The people that pay your paycheck. Just because they didn't like that you didn't play well. You didn't like that you played well. You would boo yourself. But you're going to sit here and blame the fans? How about you just play better? I, I, I think at this point, you cannot sign him. I, I seriously cannot even entertain the argument to give him any sort of money or opportunity to be a starting quarterback in this league. I can't hear the argument. If you have one, air it now because I, I, I don't see it. No, and this is nothing new. Here's a clip back from July 7th of you uh, giving Baker another comparison. I even laugh that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. In the same time span, so excluding Baker's rookie year and these past two years for Kirk, oh wait, Kirk is 68% completion percentage, 63 total touchdowns, 19 picks. He's got more yards than Baker and a higher rating at 106. 
Baker's is, you know, 87. Huh. 87. You can even laugh at Matt Stafford in his last two semi-healthy years, 2018-2019. Stafford in eight less games has only eight less touchdowns, less picks, a better completion percentage, and a better passer rating. Oh, and he played for the Lions. Consider and say Baker's better than these two guys. Show me. Show me where. He might even play for the Lions. Yeah. Throwing to nobody. Coached by nobody. Owned by a nobody. In a nobody city. And Baker's got pro bowlers at every position. You could seriously make an argument that that whole offensive line should go to the pro bowl. You can make the argument that both of the running backs should go to the pro bowl. You can make the argument that at least one of the tight ends should go to the Pro Bowl. I'll make the argument that at least one of the wide receivers should go to the Pro Bowl. One of their pass rushers should. One of their corners should. One of their safeties should. Because they're that talented. Oh, by the way, you have a coach of the year. And you keep putting up completely pedestrian, if not worse than that, stats. You're average, if not below average, every single week. And then you're going to come to the podium and blame somebody else. It's ridiculous. I, I don't understand how you could say, you know what, Baker, you're right. My billion-dollar franchise, here's the keys to it right here. Why don't you, why don't you lead us? I, I, I don't understand that. I can't fathom and, and entertain any argument that says that he is the guy going forward and that anyone would pay him, whether it's the Browns or anybody else. I think it now you'd have to look at a short list of teams that have such a bad quarterback that they would actually consider Baker Mayfield. I'm talking like... No, no, I wouldn't even say Houston. I'd rather go with Tyrod. Um, I'd rather go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'll take Tua. I don't know. Who we... Um, maybe the Jets? Yeah, I don't think Zach Wilson's good, so I'd go maybe the Jets, yeah. Um, I, could see maybe the, I could say maybe the Giants as well. Yeah, I, I think he's an, impro- an improvement over Daniel Jones. I think uh, also he's an improvement over Jared Goff. Yeah, I think those would be probably the only landing spots. Those are the only three. And realistically, only two of them could actually happen because I don't think the Jets are going to move off Zach Wilson yet. So realistically, there's two spots for him, unless he wants to be a backup. Like, where else does he go? Like, where else does he go? If you're, so you're, you're looking at teams that are like about a quarterback away, right? Feels like they could take that next step with a slightly better quarterback. You're looking at teams like Denver, uh, you know, like Vegas. Well, well, both of them have quarterbacks that are significantly better. Like, I'll take Teddy Bridgewater all day. He's a grown-up in the room. You know he's going to make the right decision with the football. If you're a quarterback away, you don't bring in Baker Mayfield. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. He's a backup quarterback in this league. He really Period. is. He's not a number one overall pick. He's arrogant. He's cocky. And he's not good. He's not talented enough to be all those things. And He's not a leader. To he sum doesn't it up, win. To sum it up, he'll be holding a clipboard in two years. Yes. I think he's a lot more Mitch Trubisky than people want to... People want to believe. I do. I do. I think he runs around a little bit. He makes a couple good plays here and there, right? Doesn't have necessarily a cannon. Now, I do think he's got a better arm than Mitch. I'm not saying that. Mitch sucked. He's a little bit better than Mitch. But he's not, like, significantly better than Mitch Trubisky. Like, seriously. I I, I don't see it with him. I, do, I, don't know, I, can't, I can't even fathom an argument for you to sit here and tell me that he should be paid. Not, neither can I hear an argument that you think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs or even be competitive. They looked horrendous. The Steelers took a absolute thumping in Cincinnati this past week on Sunday. Um, 
I mean, we predicted Cincinnati to win. We did not predict Cincinnati to absolutely dismantle the entire franchise in a single Sunday at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. 41 to 10. Yeah. That's Pittsburgh. Um, So there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, we're going to talk about what happened in the game, just a couple things. A couple things that stood out. A couple people that played no part. And then we're going to get in to some of the comments that were made after the game, you know, at the beginning of the week, asking players if they have suggestions on, on how, how to the turn team can this be. Sh- you know, how to right this ship. Right, it, it, how it can be turned around. So starting off in the game, they get T.J. Watt back. They get Minka Fitzpatrick back. No Joe Hayden, though. No Joe Hayden, but they do get two of their stars back. Two of your three, you should be able to win with one person injured. And what happens? They get absolutely torched. They play the worst game they've played all season defensively. And then on the flip side, Roethlisberger looked worse than he ever has his entire career. He's so bad. Like I, can can we actually give Dwayne Haskins a shot? Now I'm not saying he's good. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, Dwayne Haskins is the answer. But can we at least see what we have? I'm done with Mason Rudolph too. I, I don't want to watch him anymore. No, he's like a slightly, well, not slightly. He's a younger version of Ben. Like, he's just the same. He can't move. He doesn't necessarily have a dynamic arm to get it outside the numbers. Now, I'm not saying Haskins. I, I don't know because I haven't seen him play. Like, can we give him a shot? You signed him. Let's at least see what you signed. Can he at least dress for a game? He, this is ridiculous. He he played like four downs in in the preseason. That's it. It's ridiculous. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. I don't understand how this franchise consider and be comfortable with no backup plan. At this point, you might as well start Haskins because then if he sucks, you lose the rest of the way. You get a better draft pick. You draft a quarterback. If he's good, then you go, you know what? We'll roll with that for another year. We'll give him another year and then make another decision, right? Give him another year contract. Say, yeah, he only did it for like six-ish games. Like, let's, let's, let's see if he can do it for a full year, right? And if not, then he sucks. You lose. You draft a quarterback and you start over. You have a lot of good pieces. It's not like, the, it's not like you would be throwing a rookie quarterback into, like, the Jets situation. You have a very good head coach in Tomlin. I think Tomlin's underrated. I think he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think he necessarily coached all that well in Cincinnati. I thought he got thoroughly outcoached by Zach Taylor, who, that's a rough look. But I do think overall he's a good <laughs> coach, right? You, the offensive line's improving. Now, they didn't play well on uh, on Sunday, but they are improving. you got good weapons on the outside. I think Najee's a back you can build around for a while. You have a really, really solid defense. You're not going to be expected to win shootouts every single week. I think it's a good situation for a rookie quarterback to come into. Yeah. Especially one that's, you know, maybe Desmond Ritter, who started for four years now, three, three, four years. It's also a very good situation for a veteran quarterback to come into and take over a pretty nicely built True. franchise. So, so if, theoretically, if Denver was to draft a quarterback, how would you feel about Teddy Bridgewater? For a year or two, not bad, but he would have to be a bridge quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel about, say, because it's not a great quarterback draft. So I don't under I I don't I wouldn't blame them for maybe going with a bridge quarterback. What about like a Tyrod Taylor, like we were talking about? I'd take Tyrod over what we have. Over what we have, anything's an improvement. What if the Niners move off Jimmy Garoppolo? That'd I'd be take great. Jimmy G. That would be great. He would. Yeah, absolutely. He would insert perfectly here. We have a defense built for him. Offensive line is kind of figuring out. Draft a couple more pieces on the O line in the offseason, 
make some moves. Like, come on. Like, Pittsburgh, yes, they're going to fall off of a cliff this year. It's going to be an absolute nosedive at the end. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be in a nosedive for the next three seasons. Like, we're like a couple players away. We're a couple pieces away from being in a spot where we can at least compete again in the playoffs. I'm not going to say win a Super Bowl, but at least become a competitive playoff team again. Just a few tweaks needed. I'm also going to say it. I would put... I would do whatever you need to do because you're going to lose games, right? You're going to lose the next pretty much almost every game for the rest of the season, right? Do whatever you have to do to put Devin Bush in the best position possible so he looks as good as possible so you can get him out of town and get picks because he's horrendous. He's so bad. He's utterly horrific. Since that injury, he is so bad, I don't want to see him in this city. He's horrendous. And not to mention, he's very, very immature on social media. He is a menace to the locker room. He's not good on the football field. Tell me what he brings to this football team because I can't figure it out. Nothing. He can't stop a run. Can't we, stop a run. We can't draft cover. him to be a, to be a uh, rush stop, and he can't stop anything. He's like the Baker Mayfield linebacker. He's calling out teammates left and right. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So put do whatever you have to do. Ask him, hey, Devin, what, what do you love to do as on defense, right? How do you, how are you most productive? And then whatever he answers, just run that defense for the rest of the year. Prop him up. Let him get a couple sacks. Maybe if he can throw an interception in there. I want him to get 12 tackles a game. So you can say, hey, who wants a, you know, plug-and-play middle linebacker for a second or third round pick? Build depth. You know, you can get – you can get the Steelers have shown a really, really good propensity to draft wide receivers. So go get a wide receiver in, like, the third round from, like, I don't know, Kent State. doesn't matter. Yeah. They can find these guys from anywhere. Go get, go get a Toledo slot receiver, <laughs> right? Because you can do it. You, got, you clearly have the, the right scouts in those positions. I don't remember the last time we've drafted a wideout that's been, like, bad. No, yeah. They, they go and they draft, like, a wide receiver from, like, east-west Alaska State University. Yeah, and he's, and like he's the a plug-and-play guy. Exactly. Like, Deontay Johnson, I think he actually went to Toledo. I think. He did. We drafted him from Toledo, like, so, two years ago. So what you do, flip Devin Bush for like a third, go draft a wide receiver. That now gives you the luxury to trade one of your wide receivers in a package for maybe a quarterback. I'm not saying that you got to trade like your marquee receiver, but people want so James Washington and a fifth for like or James, Teddy Bridgewater. Or James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod for a second or third. Round pick. Yeah. Maybe, but I'm saying like we trade those wide receivers and maybe a pick for a quarterback. Like I'm saying we trade like James Washington in a sixth for like throw Ray know. Ray McLeod in there, dude. I hate him. Okay, throw Ray Ray in there. Ray Ray and James Washington and and a fifth or sixth or whatever for, you know, an average quarterback. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. Ooh. Why not? I mean You like, don't think he can come and win? I mean, that's like I don't think he's a bad bridge quarterback. I don't know, man. That that to me sounds a lot like throwing away the old Dell that's been there for fifteen years on the desk, and then going down to Best Buy and going to the like return section and picking up like a twelve-year Dell. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he like doesn't play like a twelve-year guy. A twelve-year guy. Or how about like a? I don't know. Name your guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I would take a Jimmy G. Jimmy I would G. Take, I would take a Tyrod. I would take. 
Yeah, I would take a Drew Locke. I don't know if I'd take Drew Locke. <laughs> Anybody. Drew Anybody. Locke's, I don't know He's about better Drew than Locke. Ben. Yeah, he's better than Ben. I don't know if I'd give up picks for Drew Locke. But I'm just saying, you have things to work with here where if you just, I don't want to say tank, but you just let Haskins play out the season. Yeah. If he's bad, he's bad. You get a good pick. And if you get a good enough pick, a high enough pick, you go to one of the more marquee names and you say, you just, you put it out there. You say, hey, Aaron, what would it take? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, Green Bay. You know? what would Or, or, I'm not saying Jordan Love's good, but if Green Bay decides to stick with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love's got a lot of talent, and I'm not saying he's, like, ready to play now, but he's got some talent. He's at least something that you can say, you know what, we're going to roll with this experiment for a little bit. We're going to at least see if he can help us for right now. Yeah. Last question before we get to the break. What do you think about Chase Claypool and, and his statements about playing music in the locker room is going to lead to more wins here? It's ridiculous. Um, it's it's this generation is what it is. <laughs> um, All right, Grandpa. He is an absolute cupcake. Comes out and says, oh, we need to play more music at practice because it's more fun. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it fun Getting your, mm, can't say it. Sorry, sorry. Got a retool. I almost got really upset there. <laughs> Is it fun getting turned inside out by Cincinnati? By someone who's been a horrific franchise for 15 years? Who's been mildly competitive for a decade or two? And you just got season swept by them in and and put up a fight in neither game. And you want to play music at practice. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. From a guy who has one touchdown all season. One touchdown. And it was on one of those little shuffle passes as he comes across. The, it wasn't even a legit catch. It's utterly ridiculous. I love Claypool's intangibles. I love his size. I love his ability to go up and high point the football. I think he's got some decent speed, although it's not great. And then he comes out and says something so utterly ridiculous. Cam Hayward comes out on, on I think it was The Fan, or maybe it was DVE, something like that. He did one of those you know, radio uh, interviews, right? Comes out and blatantly says, I hope he's kidding, because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Because that's ridiculous. How about we focus on winning instead of playing music, right? That's exactly what Cam Hayward, your leader, should say. Mike Tomlin comes out and goes, yeah, well, Chase is a wide receiver. He should focus on catching the football. I'll focus on the, the practice plan. Yeah. Chase Claypool, if for some stretch of a blank you're listening to this, <laughs> shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Close your mouth. Close it. Like, don't talk, right? Here's what you're going to do. So, so I'll help you out, right? So your lips, you want them to close. Completely. Completely, so yeah. you can't talk, right? Put in your mouth guard. That'll help. That'll help. <laughs> Bite down on it so you can't talk. And then what you're going to do is you're going to find a way to be productive because you've been utterly horrific this year, and you've provided no help for this football team as the number one target since Juju's went down. You've been not only unproductive, you've been a detriment to the football team. So shut your mouth and be productive. Period. End of story. That's it. That's all I have. I'm heated. So let's go to break, 
and uh, I'm going to go get a water, and I'm going to cool down. We're going to come back. We're going to preview, or I'm sorry, review the games from week 12 when uh, we'll get into our predictions and such. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's the guys over here at The Issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through Phoenix Fitness, spelled F-N-X, capital F-N and X. Use code TJ2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to FNX.com. TJ2021, it'll get you 15% off store-wide. Go out and get yourself an AM protein blend. Just drank mine, Orange Dreamsicle, my personal favorite flavor. And then at nighttime, you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend, it's a PM blend, spice and melatonin in there, put you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness. Alright, we are back, second segment of the issue, beautiful Thursday, actually just as I'm saying that, I'm seeing the sun peek through a little bit, um, it's still cold obviously, but not as cold today, it's like what, almost 50 maybe? Yeah, I was walking outside this it is morning. 52 degrees in December. Yeah. That, uh, what a day. It was like zero two days ago. And it's then, supposed to be pretty warm for the next couple days. Yeah, a little little warm front coming through, eh? Yeah, 52 today. Now it's 37 has the high tomorrow, but then you got 43, 48, and 50 the next couple days. So it's good weather up here. Good yeah, weather. I'll take it. It's not raining. Better than freezing. Sun is shining, not frigid. Can we just wear a hoodie and get away with it? Pretty nice outside today for our daily, not even daily, but our, our you know. Second segment weather report? Yeah, our second segment weather report, yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode Every episode, second segment weather report, you can bank on it. If we um, should have an episode that goes four segments, I guess you could just like do two weather reports. We'll get one every maybe. second segment. You know? Maybe. We'll, we'll Might just... have to. All right. I think we should uh, kind of just get right into it here, huh? Absolutely. We are going to review, like we do you know, every Wednesday, Thursday, right, um, the games from the previous week. So let's go over. So this starting with the Thanksgiving Day games because that was part of week 12 and then all the way up until Monday Night Football, right? So let's go Chicago beats Detroit. Um, Detroit continues to lose heartbreakers. Uh, you know, people want to rip on Andy Dalton. Well, he had a QBR of 85, and he led a game-winning drive. Um, I thought he played just well enough to win. He beat the Lions. Let's not jump for joy here, but people want to bang on Andy Dalton. That's another guy. We talked about the Steelers going to get a guy. Now, I don't think Andy Dalton could be that, but I also don't think he's as bad as people say. Like, a QBR of 85, that, that's not terrible. And he's not really working with much there, so... Yeah. Um, you know, put him with some weapons. He, he he wouldn't be terrible, but he did enough to win the game. The Lions still stink. Jared Goff actually played pretty well, and they still lost. Um, that just goes to show how bad Detroit is. Just welcome to being Matt Stafford for the last, like, 10 years, man. Yeah. Like, just yep. eat it now. Yep. That sucks. Yeah, like, when Jared Goff goes 21 for 25, 171 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and 122 QBR, and you lose, that's a bad day to be a Detroit fan. Very. And on Thanksgiving, too. All right, how about let's go with uh, the Raiders. Beat the Cowboys in an upset Thanksgiving day. Derek Carr, 24 for 39, 373 yards, and a touchdown. Now leads the league in yards. I don't think Derek Carr is the best quarterback, but I'll tell you one thing. Leading the league in yards, 17 touchdowns. I don't like the nine picks, but he's been wildly productive working with pretty much nothing. The only Thanksgiving day game we were wrong on. Yeah, we almost had a full clean sweep on uh, Thanksgiving. I know, it hurts a little bit. 
Yeah, I like the way they ran the football too. Josh Jacobs kind of rounding back into form a little bit there. Um, you know, ripping off about four a carry, had a had a touchdown. So you like to see it. Hunter Renfro, huh? Look at him out there, eight catches, hundred and thirty some yards. Love to see it. Dude's kind of going nuts. Yeah, I wouldn't say Dallas lost the game. Um, you know, on offense, they didn't really have any flaws on offense. They didn't run the football quite as as uh, effectively as I would like to see, but you know, Dallas loses fine whatever we kind of predicted it um that they wouldn't be that great so they you know whatever and about the bills beat the saints absolutely throttle them now this is when we did predict we said the bills are going to absolutely crush the saints we oh. knew this was going to happen uh they went 31 to 6 josh allen looked good trevor simeon uh isn't really good i think he could probably Taysom hills taking uh, reps with the first team for this thursday night football game tonight we'll get into that obviously but uh yeah i think it came down to who has the better quarterback? Who has the better team? The Bills do. Yeah. All right, how about let's go Sunday. We already went over Cincinnati throttling Pittsburgh. Let's go to the game that I really felt good about. And going into, like, the third quarter, I also felt good about. Indianapolis drops a tough game to Tampa Bay, 38-31. to I thought Carson Wentz played really good football. Now, I know he had the two picks, but the offensive line just didn't hold up for him. Um, they ran the football pretty effectively. They actually limited Brady. Brady only had like a hit a touchdown on a pick, not too effective, right? But Leonard Fournette goes off for four total touchdowns, wow. hundred yards on the ground, at thirty-one in the air. Had him on my fantasy team. Amen. Forty-four <laughs> fantasy points. Um, it, it basically, I don't want to say Leonard Fournette won the football game, but he kind of put him on their back, especially late uh, late in the game when they needed it, when they needed him to run the football, kind of juice the clock a little bit, pick up first downs. He was there for him. Tampa Bay is a pretty well-rounded football team. They beat Indianapolis. How about another one that we got right? Let's go with uh, New England beats Tennessee. We knew that they were going to absolutely throttle them. Like we said, uh, Ryan Tannehill's not that guy to pull a team. He didn't even eclipse 100 yards through the air. Um, some guy named Dontrell Hilliard was their most productive uh, guy. Now, I will say, a little bit surprising. The Titans put up 270 yards on wow. the ground. Um, against the Patriots, and you would think, oh, well, then Tannehill has a run game. He should be okay. Eh, wrong. One touchdown, one pick, 60 QBR. Mac Jones instead on the other side, 123 QBR. Animal. Now let's go with uh, the Giants in a tough divisional game. Beat Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Um, this could have been one of those. On our, this could be on our hits. Um, I didn't because I didn't want to rub it in too much. <laughs> Jalen Hurts had a 17 QBR. 17, he'd had a, he would have had a higher QBR if he would have just spiked the ball every single time. Um, if he would have literally went up there, he dropped back 31 times. If he would have spiked the ball 31 times, he'd have a higher QBR than he had. Um, he had no touchdowns, three picks, 129 yards, didn't do anything terribly dynamic with his legs. I said he's a limited quarterback. He can't throw the football. He didn't throw the football. Giants win. All right, all right. How about one where I was a little bit wrong here? Tua. Two is playing good football right now. Kind of lit it up. Yeah, so what, like three or four straight wins for them? I huh? know, I know, but it's more so their defense than I would say two is doing. Yeah, but also, he only had four incompletions, 27 for 31, 230 yards, a touchdown, and no picks, 108 QBR, did enough to win the football game. That's a, hey, hey, if he's giving me that every week, I'm pretty happy about it. I do wish, I, I want him to be a little bit more dynamic if I'm going to hang my franchise on him, but... He won the football game. He's been playing really well. He's 10 touchdowns, 6 picks for the year. Not great, but not terrible. Oh, yeah. He's okay. He's okay. I mean, I'll definitely take it. Um, he, he hasn't looked great for 
you know, about 75% of the time. But that 25%, though, when yeah, he's okay. on, yeah. if he played like that every game, that, that's not the problem. He can have those games. We know that he can have those games. It's the, the issue lies in the fact that he can't consistently ever have those types of games. Like, yeah, yeah, it seems like sometimes he'll have that game that will come out and put up, like, 85 yards in the air and have two picks. Against the, like, Jags. Yeah, against, like, <laughs> a bad team. Or they lost to the Jags, actually. So that's that's a good, that's a great yeah. team to throw out there. Perfect. All right, let's go with Houston, who's a significantly better roster than the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying that. And they lose 21-14. to Your boy called it, though. Ugh, God, the quarterback play in this game was utterly horrific. Um, Zach Wilson, 14 for 24, 145 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. I don't understand really how uh, how they won the football game. They didn't really have any production um, from anybody, really. Uh, Tyrod Taylor throws two touchdowns, throws a pick, 91 QBR, not great, but they didn't run the football. That game sucks. Nobody cares. Let's hey, continue. Hey, 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 hey. You know who could have called that for you? Who could have given you the nice prediction for that one? Me, and I haven't done this yet today, and I'm about to. After being just touted with, you know, oh, I'm back in this now, baby. We're I'm still up. in this. I'm still oh, in yeah. this. Only down yeah, by a game. You are. Very much in this. But I absolutely trounced you in picks this week. Three and one on the splits out of the four splits. I improved to six, five, and one. And you fall to five, six, and one. Still very Sorry, tight. I don't, I don't have a comfortable lead whatsoever. Okay. Okay. But it felt good. It felt good. All right, continue. All right, um, another game we are split on, Atlanta and Jacksonville. I actually I was like, okay, Jacksonville's at home. You know, they haven't been playing that bad recently, and Atlanta has been playing that bad recently. Like, they got this. They they can do it. You know, you're looking at the stats. They won, you know, they're negligibly close in time of possession. They had more total yards. You know, they had one more turnover, but they ran the football about the same, and you know, they're pretty good through the air, and then you're like, what happened? And you're like, I don't know. Jacksonville happened. They lose 21-14. to 14. Um, Oh, God, they're so bad. I, I've just figured, you know, if they're going to win, this is just a very winnable game at home, and they still couldn't do it. You called Atlanta, I called Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville loses. Let's continue. Nobody cares about that game either. I know about Denver beats uh, Justin Herbert. That was bad for him. Two touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater did just enough to win. Now those teams are both tied at six and five. It's kind of a car jam there um, in that division. You got the Raiders at six and five. You got the Broncos at six and five. You got um, the Chargers at six and five. Then you got the Chiefs only a game ahead at seven and four. So a little bit of a log jam in the AFC West, huh? Kind of fun though. It is kind of fun. It's like who's going to get in, tiebreaker scenarios, right? It makes these next couple games against these divisional opponents very, very meaningful. Oh, yeah. And and although that, you know, Justin Herbert didn't have the game that that obviously America thought he would have or that we thought he would have, um, you know, it's it's no reason to go out and cast Justin Herbert. Hey, I've seen a couple things on Twitter. It's like, like, oh, he's not throwing the football downfield. He's not doing this. He's like, I'm sorry, but he's been like one of the best young quarterbacks in the league this year. So Um, I would argue that he's been one of the best young quarterbacks in the last decade through his first season and a half. And the next segment will reflect that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's go with L.A. Drops a tough one to Green Bay on the road. L.A. is kind of spiraling right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league, and he's proving it on a weekly basis. A.J. Dillon, what a draft pick that ended up being. He is very productive in the backfield for them. And their defense made just enough stops. They uh, they win by eight over the L.A. Rams. What about San Fran at home gets the win over Kirk Cousins? And he, it, was, it was a hot Vikings team. They were coming in hot. And uh, 
now the Niners have won, I want to say, three straight and four out of the last five. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing okay, had a 90 QBR. I still think Kirk Cousins is playing good football. He had a uh, 93 QBR, but they just couldn't stop the ground game. Elijah Mitchell, the rookie uh, for San Fran, running the football very effectively. And finally, that Sunday night game, we have the Ravens beating the Browns. We kind of touched on this. Lamar did not have a good game, but, you know, thank God Baker's completely pedestrian. He completed under 50% of his throws. 247 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. You might say, that's not a terrible game. Yeah, 79 QBR, though, and uh, you lost with a better roster, having four turnovers go your way. So, um, yeah, no, that's a game that you have to win if you're Baker. And oh, uh, Lamar, that type of game that Lamar finds a way to win. Browns are now 6-6. Six and six, Ravens are 8-3. and three. And finally, the Monday night football game. The Washington football team improves to 5-6. and six. The Seahawks drop to 3-8 and eight as they win 17-15. Crazy ending with the onside kick. Illegal formation on the onside kick for the Seahawks. Um, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure Pete Carroll is going to be there for very much longer, and I'm not sure Russ is going to be there much longer either. Yeah, Russ is kind of starting to spiral a little bit this year, but I don't think it's really all his fault. Um, he really has had nothing around him for the past about you know four, five, six years now. No, I think so he's got to get out of there. He, yeah, I mean, he can uh, finish off his career and kind of, I think, do a lot better um, and almost get back to prime Russ. I'm um, with you. In really any other city with new weapons, with an actual defense, um, with a coach that doesn't get out coached, and I'd say about 70% of his games now. Um, you know, Pete Carroll's a great coach. He'll go into the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, lately he has been getting absolutely fleeced in every single game. Yeah. It hasn't looked all that close. Um, let's get into yeah. our Thursday predictions. Yeah, so we have the Cowboys going to New Orleans. So now this is interesting because you're thinking, oh, Cowboys are a better team than New Orleans, right? Like, New Orleans has lost, lost like four or five straight, right? But I will say Alvin Kamara is out. So that does not bode well for my fantasy team, um, nor for, you know, humans in general. That's mm, the first time I'm actually hearing that, so I'm pretty upset. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it, okay? It's upsetting. It's yeah, upsetting. that's upsetting. Um, okay, so, but, but, I think Taysom Hill is going to get the start. So that, like, that's interesting because that's tough for a Cowboys team who does not necessarily have a great defense. You're coming on the road, short week, tough to prepare for. You got a dynamic, mobile quarterback in Taysom Hill. I will say, I think the Cowboys win. I think this is a really close football game. Cowboys are minus five. I'll, I'll take the Saints to cover the plus five all day. Five point underdogs at home with a dynamic quarterback who is tough to prepare for. It might not be a franchise guy, but on a short week, very tough to prepare for. Um, I, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Cowboys still, but I do think that the Saints cover the plus five. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like the Cowboys. I'm not going to really change up anything crazy here. Um, and, you know, I, I do see it being a very close game. The Saints have this thing about them where they'll make, they'll turn these games into shootouts sometimes. And if it's not a shootout, it'll at least come down to the last two, three minutes. You know, yeah. Sean McVay is a freaking genius. Uh, and Sean it, Payton. Er, yeah, that's what I meant. You got it. Um He's a genius, uh, coaching wise, and if he's coaching you, you got a shot in almost any single, any game you play. Uh, and like you said, Taysom Hill having to prepare for two quarterbacks, watch that film. You don't really have a lot of film on on both. That's extremely challenging for a defense, especially a defense like Dallas that we know has its shortcomings. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely see the Saints making this one pretty close. I'll take them plus five, um, but Dallas to win. So make sure we get that written down, too. Yeah, we will. Part we will. of our picks. Um, yeah, is that all for the segment? That is it. When we get back, we'll go over, we're going to do a little bit of a news segment just because so much crazy news has dropped through college football. And yeah. like I said, the MLB free agency. So we'll do a little news segment that we'll get into our top 10 quarterbacks. Thank you, guys. Come back for segment three. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. It is the third segment of a show we call The Issue here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, episode 110 on a Thursday, December 2nd. It is December. Wake up. Um, this year has gone incredibly quick. It's been a good year. We, we thank everybody for listening. There's so many options when it comes to, to podcasts. I see like a new, a new one on TikTok every day, and they're all really good. Obviously, I'm not even counting, like, you know, professionals. You know, you're talking Fox, ESPN, all that. So, you know, we appreciate you coming to support us because... I mean, because in the end, they all nice. suck. Um, our competition is horrible. <laughs> yeah. There is no other option. I don't know why you would listen to any show but us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. For sure <laughs> no, but for we sure. appreciate all the listeners. If you saw what we threw up on Instagram there, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, we had 135% increase in listens and a 52 percent increase in following this past year so, so a great year number two yes yeah, so what you guys should do is jump on the train now that way you can be an og you know what i mean right like buy stock early so that way when it blows exactly. up exactly it's like when i tell you early when i tell you early that zach wilson sucks and now we see that he sucks it makes me feel good inside that I got on that early, right? I mean, yeah, we do so our get on this train early. We do our hits and misses segment, and I kind of just go through it. And sometimes, you know, ripping through it, I'm like, wow, kind of right on a lot of stuff. We're pretty good at this, so yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, listen. But for right now, we're gonna go over. Uh, Let's do some news, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna go through the news. So much happened in, in baseball free agency, and also a little bit of college football. So just buckle up. We'll go through the big signings, right? Like I don't care about the Mets signing, like, Eduardo Escobar. Like, I'll tell you that right now, but I don't, I don't really care that much about it. What I do care about is that they signed Starling Marte. That's a pretty big pickup for them. He's been kind of overlooked since the whole PED suspension where he had to serve 80 games, right? But let's not forget, he is a wildly productive player. Four years, $78 million contract. I mean, he hit 310 last year, and he swipes bases, at 47 stolen bases over 120 games. That's unbelievable. Um, so he, he can hit. He can run. He's a gold glover. Um, he's a really, he's a good, solid, well-rounded outfitter. He can hit for average. Every now and then he's got some sneaky power. Um, I've seen him hit a couple walk-offs back when he was in Pittsburgh. He can hit in the clutch. He's, like I said, steel bases. Gold glover. That's a good pickup for the Mets. Um, another pirate uh, signing to the Mariners. Adam Frazier gets uh, actually traded to the Mariners for a couple prospects. He's not bad. He's also a very, uh, he hits for average, right? Versatile in the field. Can play outfield, infield, doesn't matter. Um, so that's, that's a good pickup for the Mariners. How about the Rays signed Corey Kluber? Not the player that he once was, but he's still, he could be a good three to four pitcher in your rotation, right? He's not bad. And the Rays haven't always been known for having the best pitching. So, yeah, that's a good pickup for them. And how about let's go with uh, Byron Buxton. 
outfielder for the Twins. Was a speedster early in his career. Ends up hitting like 30-some home runs last year. Well-rounded player. Seven years, $100 million for the Twins. I think that's good because every time he's healthy, which is, you know, he's been mostly healthy, he's been really, really good. Yeah. He's been a top probably 10 outfielder in the league, and I think he got ten, top 10 outfielder money. I think that was, that was a good signing for the Twins. Um, okay, now let's get to the, the big, big signings, right? The Texas Rangers signed Marcus Semien to seven years, $175 million. Wow. Big. Second baseman from the Blue Jays. Now a Texas Ranger. Hit 265 with 45 home runs. Was an MVP candidate and a finalist last year. Um, he's really sound defensively. He could play short or second base. Hits for power. Um, every now and then he'll hit for a little bit of average, right? He doesn't really dip too far below like 260, which is that's about good for a power hitter. Mm-hmm. If you're hitting 45 home runs, anything above like 250, I'll take. Um, so he's a he's a good player. Um, and continuing with the with the Rangers because they're signing a lot of guys, right? They signed Cole Calhoun, eh? Signed John Gray, eh? Boom, Corey Seager, ten years, three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. So now. The Texas Rangers have committed $500 million to their middle infield. Seager will play short. Semyon will uh, most likely play second base. Um, that's a really good duo. I think that's only rivaled by maybe Correa and Altuve, but Correa is a free agent, so if he returns, I think that's the only duo that really rivals them when we're talking about middle infield duos. Um, that's a good centerpiece to build around. So they have them locked up for the next seven years. Corey for 10 um, that's that's a, that's really good. Oh yeah, um, and and baseball is interesting in that way too. Just real quick, um, that the salary cap that is non-existent in that way it's so cool because you get to see like these power infields get made, right? You get to see a team spend five hundred million dollars on an infield. Yeah, but it sucks at the same time because you look over at a team like the Pirates. That's spending, you know, thirty million on their entire team. Yeah, they're just bleeding players at this point. Jacob Stallings was a lone bright spot, and they just dealt him. You know what I mean? So it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, they've made poor decisions at every turn. There needs to be new management in Pittsburgh. We've, I mean, we don't talk about the Pirates really uh, until baseball that bad, season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's insane though to think about that infield. Five hundred million dollars in an infield—that is. Just in the middle infield alone. That is crazy. That's crazy. So good for them. Um, okay, continuing on here with more baseball. Kevin Gosman was a Cy Young finalist here in the NL. Uh, signed with the Blue Jays. Heading over to the AL. Won't have to hit. Focus on pitching. Who knows? Maybe he'll be better. Kind of a resurging guy. You know, he's 30, right? Kind of, you know, revamped his career a little bit. Five years, $110 million for him. Good for him. Um Max Scherzer to the Mets. So the Mets are kind of retooling a little bit here. Um, so he gets a contract three years, $130 million for the Mets. So now that they can go, they can go Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer are their one-two punch. Now they did lose Marcus Stroman to the Cubs, but I think if you could trade Marcus Stroman for Max Scherzer today, you would do it. So yeah. that's, that's a good give-and-take scenario, right? So signing with the Cubs is Marcus Stroman, his deal. Um, it's actually undisclosed because he announced it himself that he's going there, so we don't really know the details of that yet. Um, sorry, this is going to sound like it's a long segment uh, just talking about this, but there's so many moves. Um, okay, how about the Tigers signing Javier Baez to a six-year, $140 million contract? So the Tigers locked up their shortstop of the future. Doesn't have the best plate discipline, but I do like you know his power. 
and I do like his glove. Very, very flashy infielder, and him and Jonathan Scope should be a pretty decent duo up the middle. Not quite a Seager and Semyon duo, but a pretty good duo. How about the Mariners signing Robbie Ray, the AL Cy Young Award winner, five years, $115 million of the Mariners, who actually, with not a whole lot of talent last year, made a pretty good run at the playoffs. They were really close. It was down to like game 160 when they got eliminated, right? They, they did, and they finally ran out and spent some money. Yeah, so oh. I, I, you could, they combine that grittiness with the talent that they're going to pay for. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the moves. I, I think it could be it could be. End up being very beneficial for them. It could, they could be a verge. I think they'll be pretty much right where they were last year. I'm not sure that those moves make them like, oh, not, oh they're the favorites. I would say a very competitive divisional team. Very competitive. Very competitive. Could maybe compete for a wild card spot. I don't think they would host, but I think they could compete for that, that second wild card spot. Oh, and I don't think they'll make the division comfortable or easy to win either. I mean, they'll they'll stay competitive the whole season, I feel yeah. like, and, and battle that out. They have a lot of good veteran talent, too. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, okay, how about... Some other big baseball news. I think there was one other one. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers uh, re-signing Chris Taylor. That That's pretty big. Chris Taylor was a massive role um, in that playoff run and, and the World Series. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, he was an all-star. He was an all-star this year for the first time in his career. So good for Chris Taylor. I think he's a good role player for them because you don't need everybody to be making $100 million and and have, you know, stars. You Sometimes you need those role players who are just good at baseball. Exactly. Maybe they don't hit the ball really far, and maybe they don't run very fast, but they are just good at baseball. Just somebody to plug in they're just They just do something that you can't really put your finger on, but they're just good at baseball. Like, for example, kind of to, to go off topic here, because this is a pretty short segment, so I have time. Um, like, I was watching a, the top 10 undrafted NFL players today. It was like an NFL Films thing on, uh, on like, YouTube I was watching. Top 10 NFL players. The number 10 guy was uh, something Chebrit or something like that from the Jets from, like, the 90s, I think, right? He was, like, I don't know, 5'10", didn't really run a good 40, not, like, crazy athletic, but he was just a good, he was just a good player. Wasn't all that shifty, but on third down, you could count on him being open and him catching the football. He's just a good player. And you're not really 100% sure why, because he doesn't do anything that physically gives him an advantage. He's just a good ball player. And that's how I feel about Chris Taylor. He's just one of those guys that you want him in your locker room. He's a good baseball player. Funny you should say you were watching an NFL Films thing today on YouTube, because that's exactly what I was doing as well. What'd you watch? I watched uh, the whole Brady 199 thing. Oh, that was, that was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it was like 47 minutes long. If you get a chance, go check it out. It's it's. So cool. It goes through like the whole draft and all the teams that picked. There were six quarterbacks that were picked before him, so it goes through each one and kind of each pick and the story behind it. They go and they interview all kinds of coaches and players and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, oh, dude, it's so it, – it was interesting. I love Tom Brady. That guy's crazy. Yeah, I used to hate him. Now I kind of – I definitely respect him, and it's bordering on starting to like him yeah. as, as a guy, as a player. But, uh, okay, one last piece of baseball news, kind of a buzzer beater right before the lockout. It was like maybe an hour before, but – uh, the Brewers acquire Hunter Renfro, power hitter from the Red Sox, and send Jackie Bradley Jr. back to Boston. He was started his career in Boston, so uh, he gets to go back to Boston. Um, I like this for both teams because I think Boston needs some defense in the outfield. I'm not sure I liked Renfro in the outfield. And Verdugo's good, not great. He's more of a hitter. And so you get a little bit of defense. They still have plenty of offense with J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogart. Right? They, they don't need any more offense. And they get a couple prospects along with Jackie Bradley Jr., so I, I like it. Um, okay, now to pivot to college football news, because that's also been crazy. Starting, uh, this was four days ago now, Lincoln Riley, stud head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, 
is leaving to take the job at USC. They hired him four days ago. He's already on the road recruiting. I don't know how long the deal is. I, I think it's on a ten, five to 10-year deal. Doesn't matter. I love the move. I love the move. When USC is good, college football is better. It's better when you have somebody on that coast that's good, that's interesting. Do you remember that there's a reason that that Rose Bowl game that was the national championship game when it was Texas and USC was such a good game and that it was such a watched game and it's, it's going to be talked about forever because the two biggest brands, like you like to see the big brands. We were talking about this earlier in the show. The, when the good brands, the big brands are good, it's better for us. We like to see USC be good. I think they're going to be really, really good quick. I mean, they, have you seen all the recruitments that they've flipped lately? Oh, so many. Have you seen all the decommits from Oklahoma? Decommits from Oklahoma, who some will probably end up at L, uh, USC. Oh, I, I would say a large majority of them will probably end up at USC. Yeah, I mean, they went there for that coach. They went there of, for Lincoln Riley. There's a lot of commits that have uh, like already committed to, to L, uh, I keep wanting to say LSU because we're going to get to that, to USC. Like, I'm talking a lot of five stars that are looking there now, so... They're going to be good yeah. quick. I think Lincoln Riley turns that around. I, I think they're in the college football playoff, not next year, the year after. Yeah, I really do. Once his recruiting really starts to set in and those yeah. first guys become sophomores and then he gets onto that second class, I feel like that's when he'll start turning it around. And especially when he gets his staff there too. like He's going to handpick who he wants on his staff with him. Uh, so, you know, once that's more finalized, set in stone, I'd give them two to three years and they're in national championship contention. Yeah. Uh, Florida finds their coach, Billy Napier. Um, Napier has been the head coach at Louisiana. Huh. Don't know how good Louisiana is, but uh, good for him. Yeah. That's a pretty good job. Florida's not a bad job. Um, okay, more college football here. Oh, Spencer Rattler's transferring, which you kind of figured he was going to, the OU quarterback who got benched. You kind of figured that. But I also think their starter that they benched him for is going to transfer too, Caleb Williams. Yeah. He'll probably end up transferring too. Uh, okay, LSU goes out, makes a splash higher. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, who's in college football playoff contention right now, leaves to go to LSU again. This is all because of the early signing period. The early signing period starts in like 10 days. If Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly wait till after the season to start to take the job, they're missing out on a lot of recruits. Like all the five stars, all the, like the high-end four stars are signing in this early signing period. Because they want to get there, get on campus. Because if they sign in the early signing period, like we saw a kid from high school, who you can leave early and go train, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys, they want to leave now. They want to sign that early signing period. Or even if they're a junior, they just want to have security to know, hey, I'm committed to this coach, to this program. Like, I'm, I'm happy. I'm at home, right? If you miss out on this early signing period, you're done. You're toast. You're losing probably three five-stars and a couple four-stars to, if you're LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn. You're just giving your rivals recruits. Yeah. And so if you're Brian Kelly, I get it. Like, you got to go on the road. you got to get those recruits. That's why you take this job now. I, I think it's genius on his part. I think it's a better job as well. I think they're going to be in title contention, I'd say, maybe maybe not this year. Next year, they're going to be very competitive with Alabama. Can you imagine getting that phone call? You just got offered a job to go coach in the SEC that that school thinks that you're the dude that can maybe finally step up and beat Saban, right? Like, you are you are A lot of guys have gotten oh, that call. Not a I lot know. of guys have have succeeded in beating Saban. Exactly, and, yeah. and that's the crazy part. But, oh, my gosh, that LSU job, you can't pass that up. And everybody that's, you know, ripping them for, for leaving Notre Dame early, you have to realize, when's the last time you were cut a check for $100 million? Yeah. 
what would you do for a hundred million dollars? You wouldn't leave a school a little early to go to go get a head start on your new job that's going to pay you a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Who cares what anybody says? Who cares what anybody in the media says? Who cares what I say? It's you think Brian? You think he? You think he cares anything I have to say about his him taking this job right now? No, nope. he's making a hundred million dollars to coach in the SEC for LSU. Yeah, he he'll be just <laughs> fine. Um, okay, how about Virginia Tech hires Brent Pry, the defensive coordinator from Penn State, for the last couple of years? Um, I guess that's a good hire. I don't know a whole lot about them. Good for VTech. They're not really relevant anyway. Uh, Notre Dame, in the wake of Brian Kelly leaving, hires Marcus Freeman, who was their defensive coordinator uh, the past couple seasons. So they're going to go to the defensive route yeah, now. He's, huh? Yeah, he's only thirty-five, so he's he's very young. He'll be able to relate to the players. I, I don't mind the hire. I think it's okay. Uh, I would have tried to get like a Luke Fickle, but again, you need to have a set coach in place for this early signing period. You're Notre Dame. You have a cachet, just your name alone. You need to put some certainty to the coaching staff because now that you have a defensive head coach, you could at least go get probably one to two five-stars on the defensive side of the football now. Yeah, and, and you know we're talking about the upsides to all these, and, oh, we're going to see this team pop in two to three now. We're going to see LSU go. Now let's think Realistically, here. I no, think. No, no, let's think. Oklahoma now and Notre Dame. I'm expecting a nosedive in the next two to three years because see, they're going to see such a loss of recruits. Yeah, I do. I do get that. But also, like, those are nationally, like, historically good programs. I don't think nosedive, but I do think, like, instead of, like, Definitely a, a, a drop 10, off. Yeah. Like, they've been winning 10 and 11 games a season. I think you're looking more at, like, they might have a couple seasons at, like, 7 and 5, 8 and 4, 9 and 3, right? And I think getting into the SEC will help them, too, though. Oklahoma? Yeah. Maybe a little bit because you'll be able to pull some of the some of the kids. Because there's recruits that flat out say, "I want to play in the SEC," and then just choose from SEC. Exactly. Teams. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I do think it'll help. But look, I, I don't think a nosedive. I think yeah, maybe a couple seasons at eight and four. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get back to not prominence, but they'll be okay. Yeah, in the long they're run. not going to be. They're not going to be title contenders, though. Not which what they used been, to be. Which they've been. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, that is it for our news segment. That's all the major news, which is a lot of it. That was like 20 minutes of just major news of the last week. Yeah, well, we needed it. <laughs> it's been insane. Um, but without further ado, let's get into our top 10 quarterbacks. So we posted the graphic. Was that last Saturday? E- or yeah. Friday, yep. maybe? It was, one it of was last days. week, right? So now let's explain it. Um you guys can go reference that if you want but we're going to start from 10 and work our way to one like we normally do like you should with a list like this right let's start with 10 let's go with Kirk Cousins people want to bang Kirk Cousins well Kirk Cousins is 23 touchdowns three picks he's got a defensive head coach and he's putting up that stat line Um, on a consistent basis you can rely on Kirk to make the right throws now I don't think he's incredibly explosive with the football in his hand I don't think he's dynamic with his legs but I do think he throws a decent ball on the run he can manipulate the pocket. He's pretty decent pre-snap, although he had a blunder in that San Francisco game where he lined up under the guard. Yeah, that was a rough. That was a rough day looking at that. Mm, that was I tough. do still think Kirk is at least at least top twelve. I could hear an argument for for twelve to thirteen, but this year alone, I do think he's a top ten quarterback. Twenty three touchdowns, three picks. Argue with that. Yeah. Um, okay, how about let's go with nine, Patrick Mahomes. Now, he's low on this list because I don't think he was all that good at the start of the season. But if you look at it, he is like second or third. He's in the top five in yards in the league. I know that. He's in the top five in touchdowns. I don't like the picks. I don't like the turnovers. And I don't think he's winning enough or more as much as he should, as much as we're used to from him. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's not higher. 
but I do think he's a top 10 quarterback and he's quickly ascending. I think you could see him take over a guy like Dak, Josh Allen, who we have in the next couple of slots here, but Mahomes at nine feels okay right now. I think he'll, like I said, go up as the season goes on a little bit more. And say so he, he, he set the bar too high for himself almost a little bit. Like early on in the career, he came out, he was new. Nobody really knew what to expect from him. Gunslinger, throwing the ball everywhere. Had Tyree kill. Travis Kelsey wasn't being paid anything. He could have weapons all around him. But now we're kind of starting to see the decline from that immediate peak. There's always a decline from that immediate peak. You don't peak forever. Yeah. You don't keep going up at that rate. Yeah. So he sets that high bar, wins a Super Bowl, bang, and then starts to trail off and oh now he's gonna now he signs as the highest paid quarterback and oh now there's expectations and you can't sign everybody and yeah and things are starting to become a little more realistic he's getting back to a some sort of a reality for an nfl quarterback if there is such a thing yeah i'm with it but i do think he will ascend on this list quite quickly yeah and about to go with number eight dak prescott um i don't think that loss this past week was on him um overall he's been a really really good quarterback i think especially you have to look at the Cowboys without Dak are, are pretty bad, right? You know, um, although they did win against what was that Minnesota on the road that one time with Cooper Rush. Yeah. But I do think without Dak, you're just not the same team. I um, mean, 22 touchdowns, seven picks. That's it's pretty good for a guy who's missed a, what he missed a game. Mm-hmm. Dak's a good quarterback. Let's not be. He doesn't throw the best football, and he might not be the the most accurate guy, but he does a lot of the intangibles well. He's a good leader. I, I, you know. Unlike a guy like Baker Mayfield, I just always got to throw jabs when I can. Yeah. I just strongly dislike it's him, so fun. it's fun. It's fun. Um, so Dak, uh, no, like I said, he's a good leader. He, he's good with his legs. He knows when to tuck it and run. He knows when to keep his eyes downfield. He makes the right throw, although it might not be the best throw. He always makes the right throw. And uh, so Dak, number eight. Let's go number seven, Josh Allen. Now, I do worry. I said this at the beginning of the year. He had some pretty Jared Goff-like numbers before he got paid, and he got paid very similar to Jared Goff. And so, are we going to see a decline? I think we've seen a, a slight drop-off from last year, but nothing crazy. I still think he's a top 7 or 8 quarterback in this league. I think um, right now he's not playing to his full potential just because they don't have a run game. He's dropping back. He's dropping back like 40 times a, a game. Yeah, it, It's kind of ridiculous, but I do think overall he's a good quarterback. And what he's able to do athletically is unlike any other quarterback I mean, in the league. He usually leads the team in passing and rushing yards. Yeah. It's insane. He, I mean, way more valuable than, than the running back. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's 25 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's a good, good quarterback. Yeah. All right, let's go to number six. Let's go with Matt Stafford. Now, I know he's been sliding in the last couple weeks, but this is a whole season view. And, yes, I know he's been sliding, but I, I don't know if all that's his fault. Okay, he threw a pick six. He's still 27 touchdowns, nine picks, and he's second in the league in passing. But when it comes to yards, or third in the league, I'm sorry, he's third in the league in passing yards. He's... Second in the league in passing touchdowns. Um, he picks, I think nine probably puts him somewhere around middle of the pack. So he's not making a, a huge amount of mistakes. Now, the pick sixes do hurt. But I would argue that there's some schematic issues there. And I don't think Sean McVay is really scheming up the best plays right now. I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a whole lot of motion. There's not a whole lot of cleverness on offense, which is different from Sean McVay offense because it's normally very clever. Um, but I do think Matt Stafford's still a top 10 quarterback without a doubt. Um... Yeah, so let's go number five, Kyler Murray. Now, we thought about leaving him off the list just because he hasn't been playing, but I do think he returns this week. And when he's on the field, he's absolutely electric. And he's on this list just simply because 
he does things on the football field that nobody else can. Yeah. The way he's able to move around, throw on the run, throw from different angles. He's a baseball player, so he slides, he gets down, he protects his body for the most part. Now he is hurt, so you know, bite my tongue on that a little bit. But he's dynamic at quarterback. I think if he stayed healthy this whole season, he's an MVP running away. I think he had the MVP locked up when he got hurt as long as he played, but he didn't play. So yeah, I don't know what to make of him. Now, if we were... This is a good spot to, to throw this in here. But if we were to leave him out, everyone would just bump up one. So you would go Stafford at 5, Allen at 6, Dak at 7, Mahomes at 8, Kirk at 9. And then I would insert probably Mac Jones there at 10. We were talking Mac Jones, or I, I could hear the argument for Joe Burrow as well. Yeah, those two. Those two are probably right on the cusp. Derek Carr would also be in that class right there. Kind of right near. Yeah, so yeah. you're looking at like Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, um, Mac Jones, I would say, uh, w- would be vying for that next spot to go in. All right, how about number four, Justin Herbert? I know he didn't have a great game this past weekend. That's okay. He's a young quarterback. You're going to get the pitfalls. You're going to get the you're, you're getting a little bit of everything with him, right? You're getting the, the highs, the lows. He's still but, figuring out the NFL. Yeah, but what you don't get with him is the highs and lows emotionally. He is just even keel. He's a leader. You know that they trust him. They're going for it on fourth and everything. If it's third and two, they're throwing the football, right? They they trust the ball in his hands. He's fifth in the league in passing touchdowns. He's fourth in the league in passing yards. And I would argue right now that that coaching staff's kind of still feeling its way out, you know, kind of like feeling it out here. Um, First-time head coach, so I'm not 100% sure he's getting the best out of his coaching staff right now. I'm not blaming it on, him, on them, right? But, uh, no, I do think it's pretty clear that Justin Herbert, especially talent-wise, is a top-five quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the intangibles, just the size. 6'6", the... 240, runs around, cannon arm. I mean, what what's not to like? Exactly. 4-0 biology major. Like, what is there not to like? All right, let's go with uh, Lamar Jackson at number three. Now, I don't like the four picks. This kind of a kind of ironic that we make this list, and then his very next game he throws four picks. Uh, and he only has 15 you know, touchdowns through the air, but he does have two rushing touchdowns, so 17 touchdowns. He might be rated a little bit too high. I think I think looking back, if we were to make one change, I'd probably drop Lamar a little bit. But I will say, nobody is dealing with more injuries and still consistently winning outside of maybe Aaron Rodgers, who you'll see he's higher on this list. So, you know. It he, works. Yeah, it works. I would say what Lamar's been able to do, winning consistently with no running game help, and receivers that are just hurt or just not all that good. I don't, we both agree Hollywood Brown's not a number one target. Mark Andrews isn't in a class. He's not a class one tight end, although he's still very productive. Right, Lamar's doing this with a lot of injuries, and he's still winning. I think that's why he's high on the list, but I don't think he should be three if I was going to make a revision. Um, but I could certainly argue it in or, or like argue in into him being three. Yeah. All right, I was going number two, Tom Brady. I think right now he's probably uh, in the MVP conversation. He's got the Bucks at eight to three. Let's pull up his season stats. I know he's. I think he's second in the league in passing yards. I want to say he looks so good still. I, it hurts me to say it. Yeah. Okay, so he's first in the league in passing <laughs> touchdowns. Second in the league in passing yards. He adds a touchdown on the ground. He's thirty touchdowns, nine picks. <laughs> Um, he's on pace to, I think, throw like 48 touchdowns, which is ridiculous. That's close to when he had Randy Moss and he threw 50. Right? He's on a torrent pace. He is. Not you could showing uh, you any could signs argue not showing any signs of slowing down. You I, you could argue me into him being the number one quarterback in the league this morning. 
I know. I mean, yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. At 44, it's, it's ridiculous. Insane. You wonder how long it can keep going, and every single year I'm shocked. I expected him to drop off about five years ago, and here we are. Um, okay, how about let's go with number one. And the thing is, hold on, the, the okay, sad part good. about that real quick. Five years ago, we made jokes. We were we were like, oh, he'll be dropping off in a year or two now. He'll be dropping off. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like we're sitting around like 2020 and, and Brady's still going to be like the best quarterback in the league. And everybody would laugh and you'd be like, ah, yeah. Yeah, but you'd still have that thought in the back of your mind. Like, wait a minute, he could mm, like that could yeah. happen. It's happening. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's 2021. He's like 57 years old. It's yeah, crazy. It's rough. I'm about to go with Aaron Rodgers at the number one spot. I don't think there's a whole lot of debate here. Now, he's not, like, statistically the number one quarterback, but he has 26 total touchdowns, four picks. That's really good. I like that. Doesn't turn the ball over. He's, you know, about average in yards, but he's, he's ninth in the league in yards, but that's fine. I think what he's been able to do, his left tackle's hurt. His number one running back's been in and out of the lineup. He's got another, uh, I think his right tackle's hurt, right guard, one of the two, uh, um, is hurt for the year. His top corner's out. His top linebacker's out. All the controversy of the offseason, and he still got oh, injuries, right? He, he had COVID, his injury with his toe, and he's still going out there and winning every single week, going on the road to Arizona, missing 11 starters and winning. That's it, really, really impressive. I think Aaron has done a phenomenal job this year, and some of the throws he's making is just ridiculous. Nobody on the planet can make those throws. Insane. That dude has a cannon of an arm. I think he's the most skilled quarterback in the league this year, I'm going to say it. I, I really do. I think he's the most skilled quarterback in the league when it comes to accuracy, zip, touch, all of it. He's that good. Um, so to round out the list, we'll repeat it here. Let's go Kirk Cousins at 10, Mahomes at 9, Dak at 8, Josh Allen at 7, Matt Stafford at 6, Kyler Murray at 5, Justin Herbert at 4, Lamar Jackson at 3, Tom Brady at 2, and Aaron Rodgers has the number one quarterback in football through, what, week 12 now heading into week 13 um that is about all we have for you today make sure you go over to our instagram it's the what the underscore issue podcast yeah and the twitter is the issue podcast um make sure you stay tuned we got some big things coming like i said after the college football season we'll be able to have phil jerkovic on to talk a little bit about his season and um you know what he's doing to i don't know if he's going to the draft this year but we'll ask him right yeah i, I think he'll probably go back to boston college but we'll ask you know what he's doing in preparation for that because you know he'll be lying to say that he's not um yeah. so we'll, we'll get into a little bit of all that so just stay tuned big things coming for the show we appreciate you guys listening absolutely yeah we have uh you know a lot we'll be announcing i'd say either at the end of next week or or yeah i'll probably say at the end of next week we'll have a lot of stuff to announce and like Tim said, we will have uh, Phil on later in the year, probably the first of the new year, honestly, probably around that time. Yeah, right time. after his bowl game. You know, we don't want to distract him. He's got a bowl, big bowl game coming up. Who knows what the bowl game's going to be, but he'll be in one, so uh, keep your eye on that. Absolutely. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, it was great having you in. That was The Issue.